Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul Favor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. Uh, today is Friday the 7th of April, 2023, if you can believe that. Just cooking right along. I can't believe we've got three months down to this year. I was feeling old uh, this last weekend, and uh, you know I'm only 51, but I was feeling 61, and I thought, I just thought about how fast time flies. And it, and it just speeds up. It just speeds up. It just speeds up. It is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just those moments, you know, when you have that, uh, uh, that moment of uh, lucidity, when you're just really taking stock of your life and you're like, hey, I'm a grandpa, you know, I'm, uh, I've got these jobs, you know, and you're just kind of looking at it. It just, it, it seems like the, you know, by the, I, you know, when you're a teenager, it just creeped. And then yeah, it right. started speeding up around, I think around 40 when my eyes started going. And, then, <laughs> and now... Yeah, start getting, start buying yeah. the readers. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, something I was just doing is uh, I was out on the range, you know, mm-hmm. tuning myself up, getting tuned up. And uh, so, uh, you know, a guy that who is uh, no stranger to that, to uh, being on the range... Is our guest. Is our guest today. Uh, Bryce, welcome to the Pinelander. Happy to be here, Mike and Paul. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor to be on today. Yeah, and and, and you know, you made me think of something, Paul. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ping Bryce here in a minute about this. But uh, what does a guy do when he you know he's he wears reading glasses like I do, and I'm out there trying to like you know do like I used to do back in the old day, which is you know squaring my iron sights first. You know, get get all zeroed in my iron sights, and I have a choice. I can either focus the target without my readers and I can't see my front side post at all or put my readers on so I can see my front side post and then I can't see the damn target. So I was just having a hell of a time and I might have to ask if you guys have any solutions to iron sights and how, how a guy with crappy eyes deals with that. I'm thinking uh, red dot. Yeah, well, that's where I went. But, <laughs> but you still want to have your backups, right? I mean, you still oh, want yeah. to be able to do the irons. You got to have the backups. Yeah, yeah go old school. But, but that, uh, that's yeah. and then we got a guy old school, Bryce. <laughs> uh, Bryce is the founder and lead instructor for Intrepid Tactics. Uh, he is a uh, former uh, third group member. Yeah. Uh, it was a Bushman. So uh, Mike and I were both in third, and so. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike and I are cut from the same cut of cloth as Bryce. So Bryce, uh, so just tell us about, uh, maybe the best way to kick this thing off is just tell us about Intrepid Tactics, why, why you wanted to start that. Yeah, absolutely. So I started Intrepid Tactics, really, I've been doing it professionally for about a year now. I started it in origin maybe three years ago in 2020 when all my friends and family went out and bought guns when everything yeah. shut down, right? So everyone that I knew almost bought a gun and then came to me and said, hey, how do I use this thing? Because a lot of them were new gun owners. So I started training friends and family on the side just to get that knowledge out there since it was something that I'd done for a long time. And then after I did that a bit, I realized, hey, I'd like to professionalize this a little bit more. I'd like to get to a point where I have an easier time running ranges and running bigger trainings and getting people in. So I turned it into Intrepid Tactics in uh, 2022 and started to put on a rifle and pistol series with public classes that are open. And I've been doing that now for, for about a year. But it's been it's been going pretty well. The interesting part about the founding of those sorts of courses was it really happened during that summer of 2020 when things in this area, I'm in Washington state, were pretty dicey, let's say, yeah. where, you know, p- parts of Seattle were uh, basically no go zones and had become, you know, chop and chaz, that whole thing that was uh, going on. Uh, one of the students I had in one of my first courses was a guy from rural central Florida that had 
just moved to the edge of that zone prior to this whole thing happening with his fiance and I get him in class and he's like, man, I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, I moved out here to Seattle and suddenly I'm on the edge of an autonomous zone. Uh, so that was sort of the, the, the beginning of, of training of trying to get people to a point where they could provide their own security in a situation where it was degrading or non-existent some of the time. No doubt. I mean, that is, uh, that is realistic as it, as it gets. Uh, and you're North of uh, Seattle. And um, I think I remember driving through there. I, I think you're in like King County or something like that. Yeah, I'm, a little, I'm a little north of King County. So I, I do a lot of my training up uh, up in the real northwest part of the state, uh, which nice. is Whatcom County. But we do some training uh, elsewhere in the state sometimes, too. We've got a lot of a lot of nice country out here. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the beauty of Washington State that I remember. I was out there in first group for five years and and you got the Cascades. You've got, uh, you know, you got the sound there. Uh, so you can, uh, I mean, literally That's snorkel, beautiful. scuba, dive, going, free fall, ski, hike. I mean, pretty much everything within, you know, like a hundred, you know, hundred miles. That's that's the, the slogan. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same day you can be at the beach, yeah, and then up on a mountaintop. And I've done that, you know, multiple times. It's not even that long, you know, an hour, and you, and you're on the, uh, wow. you know, four or five thousand foot <laughs> ridge line, right? So. Yeah, so how did you get out? Uh, I mean, are you from Washington State? I mean, you you were over here. Yep. Yeah, I'm originally from Washington State. I grew up up here. Uh -huh. So after I left the military, I came back out partially for family, partially for work opportunities. It was a, a booming place when I came back out this way with the tech sector going well and just the economy and everything mm. like that. So there was a lot of financial incentives to come back and then also some you know, wanting to see family and old friends and stuff. Um, so that, that was the, uh, the reason for moving out this way after my time at, you know, North Carolina there. So I got to ask, so, uh, you went to the queue. Most guys, they try to get, if they're, you know, most of the guys that were, I was in first group with, they tried to get Washington state if they were from Washington state, but maybe you knew something, <laughs> maybe you wanted <laughs> to see something else. I don't know. And then, you know, maybe you got your choice of third and is that how that worked? I think I got told I was in third. I think you got to <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. When I went through, I'm pretty sure you got to list what you wanted, and yeah, I ended up out. with uh, French in third group. So. Ah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like uh, depending on the year, they'll fluctuate, and they'll say, "Hey, this year we'll let them pick," and then you know, not this year they didn't. So some guys are like, they weren't happy because they had their hearts set on something else, but whatever. I, I remember like they had like almost like entire classes like going to like one group. Oh yeah, yep. Know. So they, you just, it was just like pick of the draw. I mean, if you were in that class that was, you know, everyone was going to be going to seventh group, guess what? Yeah. You're going to seventh group. Just saw that too. Yeah. yeah. A whole slew of guys. That's awesome. So now you have, uh, and you, I mean, did you, uh, firsthand, did you have uh, interaction with some of this Chaz and this chop stuff? I mean, did you, uh, I mean, you're, you're a little ways from that, but how, how did that pan out for you? Yeah, I've mostly avoided it. I've, you know, been to places where, yeah. where that sort of thing's going on before, and I didn't really feel the need to see it. But, uh, you know, I learned more about it secondhand. And I did go through some parts of the city when that stuff was going on, too. So um, I think the, the general consensus as to what was going on there or what I would get from people as to what was going on there, that during the day, they kind of treated it like it was a block party. So the, the people yeah. in the city would, you know, go there and whatever and be like oh it's it's fine it's not that bad but then at night a bunch of real terrible stuff would happen and that's eventually what got it you know turned into uh when they've shut it down finally it was uh i think there was a, a shooting so there was sort of unofficial camp security yeah that was um you know guarding like you would a, a tcp or something overseas right um, yeah and they had it seemed like the uh from what i was following I don't want to take up our whole time talking about this, but it seemed like the uh, they uh, they didn't want law and order, but it seemed like the people of Chaz and Chop decided they needed some law and order, and then they had their own like internal security. It was kind of funny how that well, worked. It, 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 actually, I thought, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this, it just seemed to me like they were kind of like they had a choice. They could have just you know prevented it from you know there ever being a Chaz and a Chop. I mean, they could have waited strong arm. 
and I think they were kind of smart to like let these <laughs> let these weirdos just kind of do their thing and almost expose themselves to the yeah. uh, to the ridiculousness of the <laughs> the anarchy. I mean, people just had enough of it. It's just like you yeah. said, it was a block party until it's just you know the, until the party's over. Yep, and it's time to get real again. Yeah, and you had, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, this is what was interesting. I was curious about this too, since that you run a you have a range. And, you know, you're out of Washington State, and I always think, okay, you know, how, how hard is that to run training, you know, with, uh, you know, as liberal as I think that area is and know it is? I mean, how, how does that work? I mean, it's got to be a challenge. Yeah, there are a couple of different routes to, to do the range training out here. There's a lot of gun clubs out this way, and they have a – there's a pretty good shooting culture, actually with weekend competitions, USPSA, practical rifle, even, you know, cowboy action type stuff. So if you want to find that sort of thing on any given weekend, it's happening all around, right? It's just that it's, uh, you know, maybe a shrinking culture a little bit, or it's changing at least in terms of the nature of it. Right. So I piggyback off of that a little bit and, tra- and train at a gun range that's, uh, it's an old gun club that's actually uh, pretty much in my hometown. Um, so the guy that runs it's a 20 year seventh group guy real good shooter and they have a you know a lot of law enforcement and stuff that train out of there so they actually have really great facilities and i just i mostly rent bays out of there there's some other places i can train at too but that's that's the primary uh training location for me right now fantastic and i'm and i'm looking at uh uh, you know, I've, you know, I've looked at your website looks great you have uh it looks like your offer you know your pistol rifle and then some other NRA um, assorted classes and stuff like that. I mean, what would the, uh, I mean, what is like your, your go-to class? I mean, it's like your, your basic class, your basic course. It's a good question. There's probably two, two types of people that take classes with me. And one of them is your brand new, your brand new gun owner. And for that, it's mostly the basic pistol course that the, actually the NRA basic pistol course. It's a pretty decent curriculum, and mm. I like to put that on just in that it gets them a lot of background knowledge that would be sort of difficult to replicate otherwise. It also gets them a certificate that is valid in some places. Mm. You can take that course with a bunch of other instructors, right? But with me, you get someone with a lot of deep knowledge in it teaching you, you know, the, the foundational skills. So for real brand new people, the, bis- the pistol or the NRA basic pistol course is the one that I I'd recommend, but then for people that are looking for more of that tactical type of shooting, I have a pistol series and a rifle series, and pistol one or rifle one would be the place to to start there if you're looking to get to that next level of proficiency where you want to you know, really be able to shoot and move and all that. Well, hey, I got a question for you, Bryce, because uh, we hear about some of the uh, largest business in the that the gun stores are having now are actually liberals who used to be. Uh, you know, yeah. big gun control advocates now are going, you know, they're showing up at the gun store wondering why they can't get their, you know, handgun right now. Um, they don't even like the, they don't even like the waiting period. You know, they don't even like the paperwork. Because uh, you hear a lot of these gun store owners kind of laughing about it. It's just like, hey, it's the law. That's the way it works. You know, you put your paperwork in, you come back and you can get it. And, uh, but are you seeing that too, as far as like folks out there taking training from you? A lot of people just maybe in the past were, sort of anti-gun, but now I've kind of had a change of heart. Absolutely. I've had a lot of that. I've had, especially couples and sometimes women that'll come in that realize that they don't have security being provided for them generally in society right now and understanding that they need to learn how to do it themselves. Hmm. So it's, it's a lot of it is people that we're anti-gun or we're raised in anti-gun family. And they'll say that they'll say, Hey, my, my parents were pacifists. They said, you know, never don't shoot guns. They're terrible. That sort of thing. But I realized that I need it because things are terrible around me and I need to be able to, to do this. So I'll, uh, it's one of the best experiences is teaching these people because they're going from usually scared of the gun to, uh, being proficient with, you know, putting holes in paper, right? But but the fundamental skills that you need to be able to, you know, draw a pistol and and uh, make a nice little group. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think uh, 
and I and I know what you're doing. I, I would imagine is you're also giving you know giving people the methodology, you know, an ideology with, you know, that goes with Second Amendment. You know the uh, how you know it's a you know it's a privilege, um, and a, it's a right, but also a privilege to to bear this arm, and also uh, you know the the Carter rules and just all those things. I'm imagining you're you're weaving in um, maybe some of the um, well, well, I'll tell you something else he's weaving in. What's that? I don't know if you've ever seen some of Bryce's videos, but he's got this sort of cool um, spaghetti western sort of, uh, you know, old west drawdown music stuff with these guys. Yeah. These guys freaking, and of course, I'm, I'm getting into it too. I'm like, damn, man, I even, I've, I've learned to shoot from a lot of different people, a lot of different techniques, but that just that just seems cool kind of having the, you know, da, 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 wah, 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 you know. Yeah, he's got a uh, Wild Bill Hickok exactly um, uh, signature course. Yeah. yeah, this is cool, you know, because <laughs> I've just never, I've never taken any. Uh, who kind doesn't of want like, to do that? I mean, with I a mean, name like that, I, I got to do that. I yeah, mean, come I mean, on, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I so mean, what other kind of tricks are you doing out there, Bryce? Yeah, so the history theme was uh, something I that I introduced to make the courses a little bit more fun for the students. I've done a lot of shooting, especially in the military, where it's a lot of repetitive, doing the same sort of drills over and over. And they're good, but it's also sometimes Boy. not that much yeah, fun. Exactly. <laughs> right? So I decided to theme these courses around old American gunfights and teach a little bit of American gunfighting history at the same Love time. It. So the, nice. the Pistol One uh, fight is themed around uh, Davis Tut and Wild Bill Hickok, which... Both of them fought in the Civil War on opposing mm. sides. And then they, the, the short version of it is they had a disagreement gambling after uh, after the war had ended and uh, had a quick draw in, I think it was what, Springfield, Missouri. Mm. So they drew down uh, roughly the same time at 75 yards. And while Bill is famous because he continued on, he won that fight. Davis thought nobody knows about, right? Yeah. So... So that course I teach is focusing on a lot of fundamental marksmanship work, also on being fast out of the holster. But then we actually have students shoot out if we have the range. Sometimes we only have a 50-yard range, but if we have a 100-yard range, I get students shooting pistol at 75 and 100 yards, which is 100% doable with modern pistols. They're accurate enough. It's just getting students' fundamentals down to a point where they can group small enough to where when you go out to, to range, they can ring steel at that distance. So. That's the uh, that's the fun part of that one, and then it ends in a, a quick draw competition where the, the winner goes home with the as the honor grad and with usually a little award like a knife. So I got I had a uh, just funny little story. So I was in uh, one ten, and uh, mm -hmm. you know I was we are in our little SIF company, and something we used to do was a uh, a draw. It was like a, a high noon type of thing, uh, and mm -hmm. we used sims. So we, you know, set up your send pistol and then you got your eye pro on and then, you know, you know, about 25 meters and you'd have a, you know, gunfight with, with Sims. And that was kind of fun. <laughs> so you, you got, you got all the fundamentals and you're pushing speed and accuracy and see, and see who could actually, who would actually win in a gunfight. And uh, I don't know if you do those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do some airsoft training sometimes. I, I don't have, uh, you know, a Sim set up, but yeah. Um, th this shootout that I do for the, the final like single stage competition for that course is kind of similar. It is with live fire. Obviously, you're not drawing <laughs> on each other. You're yeah. uh, on the line together. And, and basically, I, I play the theme song from the good, the bad, the ugly. And then yeah. somewhere in there, shot timer goes off and the fastest guy on steel wins that and goes on to the next stage. Nice. So it's functionally kind of similar. But, yeah, you're not actually getting pelted with uh, paint or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Now, that's a lot of fun. I think, uh, I mean, and you're also, the guys are coming out and they're spending the day with the Green Beret too. That's awesome. And you're giving them all those, basically, you know, what the, uh, what, six, seven, eight hours or whatever you're, they're getting, they're, they're not just going out there putting holes in, you know, paper. You're, they're getting uh, history, the methodology, the ideology. They're getting uh, uh, all that salt, you know, that you have. Uh, distilled knowledge of weapons handling and all that stuff and just kind of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of that's rubbing off more than, I'm, I'm sure, more than you know. But, yeah, who wouldn't want to just go out and uh, spend a day doing that? It's awesome. 
Something else I saw, uh, Bryce, if I could just shift gears, is uh, something dif- different on your website is you have a mission. And then uh, your, you know, your, your mission is also saying, I mean, you're, you're open about uh, to be faithful stewards of all that God has entrusted us. So you, what's awesome about that is, uh, you know, you're, you're nailing your colors to the, to the mast, as they say. And you're just up front. Uh, you're just you're, you're you're saying, "Hey, this is the Christian values. This is what you're trying to instill. This is why you exist." I mean, that's. I mean, if you could just could you tell us about that and what inspired you to do that? Absolutely, yeah. So, on on the Christian front, I I grew up as Christian. I would say that I was sort of undecided for much of my twenties, and then more came back to to faith and to, uh, to the church in the last few years. And when it came to building my own company, I thought, Hey, what values do I want to instill here? And while I liked the American history stuff and I like firearms and gunfighting and all that, all that could basically go by the wayside as far as I'm concerned in, in terms of what's most important. Right. Yeah. And that is having a, a solid relationship with God, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with, um, you know, focusing on that focusing on the life to come if you will yeah i'd love to hear that brother that's awesome yeah thank you thank you much it's uh you know when it came to hey what am i going to put out there as my public you know face and all this i I decided yeah i'm just going to be very straightforward with who i am and what i'm doing and i think it also for me in terms of what i'm teaching students that is the defensive philosophy that i have right it's a you know it's not a uh, it's a protector mentality, right? And that really comes from my understanding of the Christian faith, if you will. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys you see that, you know, they they're they're professional, you know, and they have these. Uh, the mantra they have is, you know, that just that part of them doesn't get advertised, you know, it doesn't get talked about, and to to be, you know, open about your faith is awesome. I mean, it's uh, it's no it's noteworthy because I don't. I actually can't think of another uh, tactical group, you know, guy that a guy that would provide this type of training that would do that. I don't know about you, Mike. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head. That's awesome. Yeah, been, yeah, so it been, just puts you in another field all by yourself. Yeah, for so for such a long time, it's been sort of discouraged. Yeah, know, it's like, oh, don't, don't do that. You know, don't you know the, the, the certain things you don't talk about in polite co- and company. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm, this I'm is just going the other I'm, way from well, the wokeism. So this is yeah, great. And I'm I glad people it. are starting to push push back. And, and of course, speaking of that, uh, you know, you got your finger on the pulse up there in the Northwest. I mean, what's going on up there? I mean, are we, uh, are, are, are you seeing sort of uh <laughs> What's in the water up there? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you got, you got, I mean, we, this has been a while now. Okay. I mean, I, you know, every night I would watch, uh, you know, whatever you could, the Antifa freaking thugs, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, breach the perimeter, if you will, the federal building there in Portland. I mean, we, we watched that like, you know, night after night after now, night. I mean, it just looked, it just looked crazy. Yeah. Um, and all the stuff going on in, uh, in Seattle as well. Um, you know, where are we at now in 2023? I mean, what, what, what do you, what are you noticing up there? Is there, is there some pushback on this? Is there some, the pendulum got, starting to go the other, other direction, starting to get some sense back into the, into the, the area up there or what? Yeah, we could talk about this one all day. It, yeah. I would say that in the last few years, a lot of people have left the state. It's not, not everyone has, obviously, but there are a number of people that have been pushed out from, you know, lockdowns and COVID policies and politics and all of it, right? Just uh, leaving to greener pastures, if you will. The politics are continuing apace with the trajectory that they were on a couple of years ago in that the the Democrat party, basically in the, um, the way I look at it, there's sort of a Marxist faction that's taken over that party and is no doubt running wild with it. No doubt. Yeah. Hog wild. Yeah. So they're doing exactly what you'd expect them to be doing if they had, you know, power in the majority. So right now the the big news this week is there's a, let's see, there's a assault weapons ban and some other firearms related, uh, laws that have passed through the state house are probably going to make it through the state senate and will get signed by the governor. And they're they're super restrictive in that they've been pretty much all semi-automatic 
rifles, pistols, even parts, right? So you can't even, uh, you know, companies like Aero Precision that, that are based out of Tacoma out here are maybe going to be in a real hard spot, right? Where they might, they might kill their entire business or they'll have to move. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they are locking down real hard on that. And then they're pushing on, you know, pretty much every front um, aside from that too. There's a, a decision that just came down today with the state Supreme Court that was, uh, for, for a long time, we haven't had a state income tax out here. And they kind of found a workaround by doing a capital gains tax that the um, the state or the state Supreme Court held up. And that'll end up getting used as sort of a backdoor into running wild with taxes around here. So, mm. um, so there's a bunch of stuff like that that's, uh, that's going on. And the pushback hasn't effectively happened yet in this state. Uh, I don't think that the the people that are resistant to this stuff really have an avenue to do it right now. So there are some people running for seats in the state. You know, you got like Joe Kent down in uh, um, he's down in the Vancouver area. He's a uh, he was a fifth group guy that um, he lost his congressional bid last time around, but I think he had a pretty good shot at at uh, winning a congressional seat this next time around. But the state politics. I don't think that the people that are in opposition to some of the craziness that are that's going on right now really have a clear route available to them to to reconcile some of it. Wow, I mean, a couple of things that came to my mind was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I would assume at this point that they would not want, you know, ranges like yours uh, to exist. So to, for you to be out there in existence, it's kind of an anomaly in my mind, something out there. So that's awesome. And the other one is that it's also good to see that people out there are still going to ranges. So, you know, because you get, if you listen to the, you watch the news, you know, you can get all pessimistic and go, ah, everybody out there sucks. And yeah, see, I think, um, this is just the narrative that's pushed. I, I, I think there's a, it's not really a pushback that's going on. Um, I think what, what I'm seeing is almost, um, people are sort of regrouping and internalizing and just kind of, what I see is a whole bunch of people sort of preparing. Yeah. Um, and developing their alternative parallel type economies. They're starting to make decisions within their own families. Um, they're starting to, I mean, I hate to use the word prep, but that's what they're doing. They're kind of prepping, right? They're kind of prepping for harder times. They see that, uh, you know, inflation's out of control and things like that. People are planting gardens. I mean, I think there's a lot of activity going on. It's not, uh, you know, it's not going into Portland or Seattle and, uh, you know, going head to head with Antifa or BLM because, I mean, that's just, it just seems like a waste of time. Um, people, are, I think, are just kind of starting to develop their their communities and their mm-hmm. families and starting to sort of focus on getting small and getting uh, right with God and kind of getting prepared. What do you think? Know. What do you think of that, Bryce? Does any is of that, that, is that you, kind of uh, resonate? That? Absolutely. I think that's the silver lining to all this is that there's a bit of a loss in trust in, I don't know, maybe the systems that have been in place for a long time and a, a bit of a return to self-reliance or reliance on local communities. I definitely see a lot of people banding together and it's not something that you're necessarily going to be able to visibly see anywhere from outside, but people are doing it on the ground. The, the pressure of being in this area is actually causing people to form really tight bonds and tight groups in a way that you probably wouldn't get if you're retreating to a friendly area, let's say. So there is a silver lining to that. And I think somehow that's going to be the future of whatever comes next. I don't know exactly what that's going to be or what form it's going to take, but uh, those people that are that feel like they're under pressure, under fire like that, are building... Uh, building at the, the smallest level they can and going from there. Yeah, if, if some people have their way, God help us uh, what it would look like. But, yeah, I think this this is actually really good for, for people like me because I have a, a bent towards being a cynic. And, and I look at I look at everything and go, everybody just sucks, you know. But, you know, <laughs> but there, there, there are, uh, you know, a lot, millions of, you know, half or more than half of our country that actually thinks like us that doesn't like the way these things right. are going and they do want to go back to their grassroots that our country was founded at and have skills 
you know, yeah, skills I, like the skills that, are, that Bryce is teaching out there. Exactly. And they're, they're looking at like, hey, uh, you know, 911, that's going to take uh, a couple forever. of days, forever. Yeah, yeah. And they'll just let people do that, that retardation they did in Chaz and Chop. Then why would they think somebody's going to, you know, the cavalry's coming? It's not going to happen. And so they're just, they're wising up. That's great. I think, uh, and you know, um, I mean, like I was saying, I, I don't, when I think of Washington State, because I lived up there for five years, there's something in the water. And I think <laughs> it is, I mean, it's kind of a wild thing because you had, and this is kind of maybe a stretch, but uh, I remember um, somebody, I can't remember who it was, that said this, but there's some stuff on the books out there that like, you, know, you could just slug it out. It, it comes from, you know, people going all the way west. You know, I, I kid uh, my wife. She's from Montana. I was like, well, they kind of chickened out. They didn't want to go all the way to California or Oregon or just, Washington. Yeah. You know, they, and so they stopped in Montana. <laughs> but the, some of the people that went all the way out there, there's a, there's a wild side to that West Coast that's like passed on, like maybe the uh, self-conscious, the collective un, uh, unconscious of the people out there are a little more, a little, little wild. I don't well, know. Well, it's, it's uh, well, I mean, I guess you, the kind of people that, you know, immigrated and, and picked up and, you know, traveled and the kind of families, the kind of stock, the type of DNA and the people that, that uh, went west, uh, yeah. you know, taking, you know, the big gamble. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, the, obviously the people are, are wired a little different. Um, I, I mean, I've loved it out there. It's be absolutely beautiful country. That's, that's definitely the kind of cloth um, that Bryce says. I mean, you, so you know there are a lot of people like that that have just, they're like, hey, look, we're the people that were pioneers. Right. There's we a, there's you know, a we ate the Donner Party and we kept going. You yeah. know those type of folks. You know we don't we don't have this is how we roll and we're not going to have any any more chops or chaz sprouting up. Yeah, well, of course you got and, and you have well you we're have a real lot, here. Well, you know you have a lot of affluence too. You have a lot of affluence in Seattle and you have a lot of affluence out west. And I think uh, that's part of it too. You know because you always have the children of the affluent. That always, yeah. you know, you see that in Washington D.C. You see that in everywhere. You know the, you know the the elite kids, if you will, and uh, and they do have a tendency to, you know, act up and, and 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 are looking for culture. I guess you could say looking for, uh, looking to mix it up a little bit. Has you know find some excitement. Try to figure out you know whatever cause that the their professor talks them into you know, in school. So you, you get a lot of that too out there. Oh yeah. But the, uh, I mean, so there, so there is no plan in the works to like shut you down, Bryce. I mean, there's yeah, not something like that would be impossible. You, you know, you got. I just happen to think someone, you look know, the, easy, the mayor easy. of Seattle is like, this is the summer of love. How, how and, you, and, you can you set know, up, you can set up a range anywhere. I mean, if you you go outside the city limits to set up a range. I mean, I used I, to say that though. This is America, Jack. But then you know, you see stuff like that, you go, I don't know. So it's it seemed like, I mean, from your knowledge, though, there is nobody, you know, that's. Uh, you got a UW campaign to like shut you down, right? Or anything like that? No, there's nothing like that right now. There are some ranges I know that have had a hard time with uh, maybe environmental regulations and things like that, where Mm. I know know one where part of the range got shut down because of, you know, they hadn't recycled lead for a long time, that sort of thing. But Yeah. um, yeah, for the most part, I think ranges aren't under attack right now. So you know, who knows in the future if uh, if they go after rangers or training. Actually, in a kind of odd way, one of the bills that was going through the state house recently was a, um, it was originally a license to purchase one. And I think they were changing it to a, for firearms, and I think they were changing it to a requirement that you take a class, safety class with certain, uh, certain things in it. And they passed something like that before that was sort of ill-defined and not really enforced, but in an odd way, it might actually send more people <laughs> my way, um, you know, if they push some of that stuff through. But who knows? Hmm. So, I mean, what what else? To like, uh, uh, I was curious about this because you know, I I did uh, uh, probably a couple of years. I worked for a company, and I would I would teach pistol carbine, and then you know, we would talk about uh, you know the the kit that you use and and uh, but. You know, one of the ideas that I, and I, I'm sure you you do this too, is talking about, um, you know, how not to be a victim, and then you know, ha- having you know awareness and 
And I was just curious how you bring that into that, you know, uh, the mindset of, uh, uh, of a shooter and, uh, you know, something like that, like a warrior mindset. Do you, you have an aspect where you bring that into the training? Absolutely. Some of the history classes are meant to do that. And then it's talking about, hey, here's a historical example of when this happened. So the, the Rifle One course that I run is based off of this couple, Thomas and Hannah Dustin, that were Puritan settlers in then colonial America, controlled by the British in 1697, Haverhill, Massachusetts today. Mm. And they were basically raided by an Indian uh, Abenaki raider par- raiding party um, and had to, let's see, Thomas Dustin grabbed his rifle, protected his kids and got, I think, eight of them out of town. And then his wife was captured, but then later escaped captivity. So she's got this famous story. Uh, you can look it up, Hannah Dustin, where where she basically killed her captors and took a canoe back to her husband. Um, so things wow. like that teach a little bit the mentality of, you know, that, that's a refuse to be a victim story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> so, mean, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I teach uh, people for a living too. And, and when you can, you know, give examples, you know, a realistic real life example, that just sticks. People love stories. And, and when you have like a, you know, a legit story like that, that just brings it to life, everything you're saying. And then the, the other thing is, uh, I, w- I would love to hear something about your experience from Afghanistan. I mean, I know, I have no doubt that you uh, use aspects of your experience and you, you work that into the training. Do, can you share some of that with us? Of course. Yeah, so I did a couple trips over to Afghanistan and my trips were mostly in rural areas where our team was the only team around for a long time. <laughs> there was, there was mm-hmm. no one else, no one else coming for us. It was the wild west. And uh, some of the stuff that happened that I still think back on and what, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> what was going on out there? So the chaotic nature of uh, that place and also understanding that warfare doesn't always take exactly the form that you expect it to. A lot mm-hmm. of what was going on with us would, for lack of a better term, kind of fourth generation stuff where, you know, it was guys taking pot shots at us or trying to bait us into IED initiated ambushes, things like that. And us trying to not get baited into those and then roll up these guys in, you know, some other way. So I had some real practical experience that way that I can really enforce in terms of, yes, this is how this worked for me in the past. This is how you uh, can set yourself up for success, not just in a, a tactical way, but also in sort of a strategic way in terms of uh, setting up the, the situation that you find yourself in. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point that, you know, war doesn't, war hardly ever takes the form that you think it would or you expect it would. That's true. I mean, you can do uh, everything you can to, to put your best foot forward tactically, but then, you know, you're just going to, you, you, you're going to roll into something that you may not always be, you know, expected. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the thing about uh, uh, being out there in the Wild West. I remember this was, so you're talking like, uh, you know, 06, 07, 08, you know, time frame in Afghanistan, something like that. And then you're, you're yeah, out there. More, yeah. Yeah, 2009, 2010, I was over there. It's more the, the time frame, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you guys get zipped up, you're talking, you know, there, there, and there's nobody really, there's no cavalry to the rescue. I mean, you're just, you got what you got, right? I mean, you, whatever you could put on the truck is what you got. And if so, if your plan sucked then you know, you could get circled and circled by the, uh, uh, the natives, you know, and then that could be bad, but the, uh, but yeah, I have, uh, and there's a lot, again, there's a lot of guys that, uh, that do training, a lot of SF guys that do, uh, tactical training, but that's uh, one thing I don't th- that I don't see a lot of is guys that do that that incorporate those experiences like you're doing. I think that's uh, definitely nuanced, you know, to actually you know, bring that in. I imagine you create scenarios, you know, that would be that would replicate, you know, uh, you know what maybe not in Af- Afghanistan, but what people would go through in you know Linwood, you know, what they would go through uh, in uh, like a chop scenario, you know. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, could you, um, 
I mean, what basically, like, uh, like you said, you're getting, and this is what, kind of let me just describe this, something, I would get like a, a soccer mom, and she wouldn't be able to load the rounds into the magazine the right way. You know, that's at nine o'clock, you know, and then, you know, by four or five in the afternoon, she's doing turns, she's moving, you know, control mm -hmm. pairs, you know, three targets. I mean, this, this is kind of what you're doing, right? Yep, a lot of the same same stuff, just as, as you uh, described there. I find that getting people really comfortable with the safety aspect of it and yeah. the fundamentals of it is the most important thing. Because after that, everything flows pretty easily. Then it's just teaching them new, new techniques. Exactly. But it's getting them, yeah. you know, understanding how the firearm works, you know, how, how you can handle it safely mm -hmm. so that they know, you know, <laughs> what th those are the things that are in the back of people's heads that are, are making them nervous <laughs> if they yeah. don't know it, right? If they're not comfortable with it. So getting that down solid and then going into the, uh, the more tactical end and the more useful force end of things. I also like to stress to, to people that the way I view carrying a firearm, I don't actually enjoy it personally. I, I feel it's a burden. Like I feel it's a, a responsibility of mine because I've mm. trained it for a long time and I, I provide security for myself and those around me and, and it's uh, something I ought to be doing. But it's also not fun in some ways and then I've got this big old hunk of metal that I, I got to carry on my body all the time and I got to be worried about, you know, the local regulations and the status of the, the firearm and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like it's, uh, um, uh, it can't, shooting can be fun, but I, I think that there's a, a responsibility and a burden that comes with carrying a firearm that I like to, to stress to myself. Absolutely. So, um, so I'm going to just jump on that because that's something that's not stressed a lot. You know, a lot of people, they, they, uh, they go off on these tirades against, you know, assault weapons and, you know, whatever they want to ban this, that, and the other. But it's a it's a it's an ancient right to bear arms. Okay, it's part of being uh, you know in the warrior cultures. Just to, let me just go off in a little mini tirade here. But <clears throat> the idea is it was uh, not everybody, not any bloke could do that. You had to demonstrate responsibility. You had to demonstrate that you some maturity uh, that you're entrusted uh, with the the right. What's well, I think to, Bryce, to carry that. I think Bryce used the right word. Yeah. Which is responsibility, which yeah. is which is you have a duty. Yeah. And uh, I've always felt that uh, people that are talking about you know getting rid of guns, really what I what I always hear them is just shirking their responsibility as an American citizen. What they're wanting to do is they don't want to be bothered. Yeah. They don't want to be bothered with it. They want to they want to defer um that to somebody else. It's it's always the same way with the left. To me, it's always laziness mm. and a deferment of responsibility. You have a duty and a responsibility as an American to protect yourself and protect your family. Yeah, and guarantee your 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 rights and your liberties. Yeah, I mean, when I, you, you yeah. can't just sit around and wait for someone to, to you know to open the door for you and make sure the temperature's okay. You know, and, and bring you something to drink all the time. I mean, you're going to have to get up off your butt, and, that, and to me, I, I think I think you captured it by using that word responsibility. I mean, you're absolutely right. No one just no one walks around with a handgun because it's fun. Uh, it's a pain yeah. in the butt. I mean, it's an extra piece of freaking kit or an, an extra piece of something that you got to hang on your body. Yeah, and, and when I was saying right, I don't mean like R I G H T. I mean R I T E, an ancient right. Oh, it's like a yeah. rite of passage. Yeah, right. You know, a rite of passage as a man, as a woman, as a mature adult, that you're handling that weapon and you understand its capabilities. Mm -hmm. And and that, uh, you know, it takes some work. Yeah, it takes some work. And so I think that's uh, that that's absolutely lost on the left. Absolutely, for for those reasons you just articulated, and possibly more. But uh, I mean, what do you think about that, Bryce? I couldn't agree more with you guys. It's something that I think is easy for people that have had security provided for them for their yeah. entire life to miss. Yeah. And that people are starting to rediscover as yeah. the security that they're used to just having and taking for granted is rapidly disappearing from, mm. from their daily lives. Yeah, it's well said. I mean, that's uh, and so, I mean, uh, the, the, the duh thing here is aha moment is, you know, people need to rediscover that. Like you were talking about early, Mike earlier is uh, not only just, you know, get, get off the teat, 
get off the government tea, get off of the, you know, the, the Walmart mentality. You can just get whatever you want and, you know, and just run down to the store and then uh, looking at, you know, being more self-supporting, you know, self, uh, you know, cir- circling your wagons if you have to. Yeah, no, no one's going to protect your kids for you. You, know, yeah. you have to protect your or own raise kids. them for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just you're good. I mean, yeah, I, it's I still that. your responsibility. You know, I know it sucks. I got yeah. it. You'd rather play on your phone, but you're yeah. actually going to have to take care of yourself and take care of your family. Yeah, and I think I think you're absolutely right, Bryce. People are really starting to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, this is a hopefully a, a big wake up call when we've had stuff like the summer of love and Chaz and chops going on. People <laughs> thought, well. That's absolutely insane. I thought we and, did that back in the '60s. I mean, yeah, we're, we're doing this again. I mean, I would think that your numbers, you know, for your enrollment would have gone up. You well, know, see, that's, that now, now that's my big question because um, I, I think, you know, obviously you're doing, you know, the basics, which is, you know, okay, here's how to safely, you know, handle your your firearm. Okay, but to me, uh, is are you seeing a need for, uh, you know, beyond that? Uh, into sort of small unit tactics uh, sort of realm? Definitely. I'd say that there is a large number of people in this area that are starting to train beyond just simple firearms use. And I don't really offer a ton in the way of public courses that way at at the moment. I do some training uh, in in that fashion from time to time with some people. But there are definitely a lot of uh, groups around, especially young men, there's a whole subculture that is very into watching YouTube videos, getting into sort of military style, you know, patrolling CQB and that sort of stuff. And then going out and just doing it on their own. They're practicing this stuff and, and learning it on their own. Uh, and then taking courses with, you know, instructors and, and getting the, the best knowledge that they can that way. So I see a lot of that. And a lot of the guys that I have in classes are uh, in, in that realm if you will is that is that just in our dna i don't know i I think so i think that it is especially right now for a lot of people having a nice rifle and being good at it is it's sort of the almost replacing like the status symbol of having a nice phone from a few years ago or having a nice car from a few years before that right Uh, a lot of young guys are are putting their kit together and that's the thing that they're doing as they're their weekend activity. Hey, so uh, I think you cover this nicely in one of your podcasts. Uh, it's entitled Gunfighting is the American Martial Art. I mean, that, that yeah. just kind of sums it up. That's what I was wondering. I mean, to yeah. me, it just seems like um, it is. We've traveled, you know, I've, I've traveled the world. I mean, all three of us have and we have more guns it, than anybody. It just seems like <laughs> it just seems like this is the kind of things that you always see Americans sort of into. Yeah. So I, 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 that's why I just asked the question. I mean, is this sort of like a, a uniquely American sort of, you know, the way we kind of do things, the things that we're into, you know, fast cars and, you know. I think so. I think that I, I try martial arts too. I've done some jujitsu and Muay Thai and spent a good deal of time in the gym doing that sort of thing. And, and people in those circles sometimes get really into foreign martial arts, you know, traditional karate or Taekwondo or what, whatever it is. And they miss sometimes that America has a very strong martial tradition. Mm-hmm. Our our martial arts aren't necessarily in the same structure that, say, you know, Okinawan karate was passed down on, or jiu-jitsu, or, or something along those lines with the lineages and the structures for for doing things. It's a little bit more freeform and a lot more focused on practical fighting. So. You know, American style wrestling, freestyle wrestling is uh, or Western boxing or, the you know, close quarters stuff. But for the entire history of the United States, we've had firearms. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the way that the older gunfighting used to take place, you didn't really have a, a ton of, you know, you didn't have a magazine and a semi-automatic rifle. You had a, a, a single shot and then a revolver. Right. Sort of a thing. And then you would go to work with a Bowie knife and a tomahawk. That was the uh, the close quarters of a- aspect of it. So we actually do have a really strong martial gunfighting tradition, and I think that is the American martial art. It's yeah. just that the 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 close up, hey, we're gonna box or we're gonna wrestle, just never really factored into the equation as much because 
in the practical sense, that wasn't the sort of fighting that people were doing. They were taking out their Bowie knives after their pistols went dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, um, something else that it probably needs to be said too is what you instill is you know the the pistol, the rifle has no moral stature of its own. It has no will of its own. It's it's an it's an instrument, you know, and and uh, so you're you're training your mind as an instrument. You're, I mean, our minds are the most powerful weapons we have, right? And then these are just these are just tools, uh, just like you said, Bowie knives, pistols, rifles, whatever, uh, freaking spears, whatever. And then the idea is, uh, I think the know, tomahawk is. I mean, to, the tomahawk. I think the tomahawk. Yeah, is making a comeback. Tomahawk's good because we're gonna hack. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you can hack them up with the tomahawk. Oh yeah, but um, I mean, I I'm mine, seeing man. I'm seeing more and more tomahawks. I mean, it just seems like you know, the thing is just coming yeah, back. You know? it's it's like we're going back to you know the colonial times. I, I mean, I, and I'm all for it. You know, maybe. Well, uh, well, I think tomahawks. Are let cool. me keep my refrigerator though. We get the place right down the road where you drink a beer and throw tomahawks. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that, I mean, can you get any more American than that? You know, drinking beer and throwing tomahawks. Yeah. I mean, what what else? That, uh, I mean, could you say to that? I mean, this is just your forte. Yeah. Have, yeah, absolutely. I think places have a bit of a form to them, and the history that you that gets passed on about those places is extremely valuable. We were yeah. in Afghanistan, for instance. Uh, the Afghans knew where the best ambush points were. They, oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't need a, uh, a handbook or, or even to, you know, um, do a recon for site selection or anything like that. They just knew it because they'd done it to the Soviets and the British and <laughs> all the way back to Alexander the Great, right? Yeah, Khalid, head to the ambush site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're almost like, uh, you know, even as a toddler, you know, there's this sort of less automatic, you know. This is this is where you get them at right here. You know, oh yeah, you can just read the train. Yeah, that's where Grandpa laid an ambush on the Soviets. Or that's whatever, right. You know, that's right. Yeah, so I, I think that that same thing is true of North America. There's a history to the continent, a history to the place, and we haven't focused on it as much in recent years. But I think as we focus a little bit more on domestic affairs, on our our own families, and the places that we're from, and the the things that are going on here. Returning to that focus on, you know, less less the edges of the empire, if you will, way off in, in some other part of the world and more on, hey, what did happen in the, the Yakima Indian War in, in Washington State, right? Things like that, where there's, there's history to pretty much any part of the United States that's absolutely fascinating and will tell you, you know, a lot about the form of society and warfare and everything like that, that that shapes mm. you got you've got kids Bryce um, what what challenges are you uh, facing out there and how are you uh, raising your kids in this sort of environment how, how are you uh, the secret uh, Bryce family uh, tricks that you're uh, employing successfully in your in your own family we try to keep everybody on the right path Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really important one, right? Because our families are the future more so than ourselves. Absolutely. The the uh, it's a it's a challenging one. I think that that's one that are, you know, especially my generation, I have small kids still, they're pretty young. So the, a lot of outstanding questions there as to, you know, should you homeschool? Should you go to private school? You know, right now I do uh, private Christian school for my kids. But, you know, even that and, and some of those you got to wonder, you know, is it going to get taken over by some faction that you don't like that starts pushing something down, down their throat. So a lot of people are doing homeschool too. Um, and, and a lot of people are really worried about what's going on with, you know, um, parental rights. That's something that's been pushed in the state a lot mm-hmm. recently is removing parental rights. And um, in public schools now, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I think starting at maybe 12 years old that, that kids can do uh, without their parents' knowledge. That is pretty, uh, pretty alarming. Um, so, you know, I think definitely staying away from, uh, from some of that, or at least understanding how to manage it, um, is the question of the day for, you know, my generation of parents, if you will. Are are you guys, are you guys, um, seeing a uptick in homeschooling? Uh, Because I know, uh, there's at least from the various different 
articles that I've been reading, um, a lot of states are seeing a lot of kids getting pulled out of uh, public school systems. Uh, so much so that in some of these articles, um, they're actually having to do layoffs and things like that in some of these uh, uh, county uh, districts because they're just, there's just not enough students. Uh, are you seeing uh, some trends like that out in Washington? That is happening in Washington state in the um, largest school districts in the state. They are closing down schools because they don't have the enrollment numbers that they used to do or they used to have. And the wow. state ties money to enrollment numbers. I don't know that it's a ton of schools yet, but they, they, they have done it. And in recent, recent weeks, there's been some news about that, that has, you know, people up in arms if their schools getting closed down, for instance, if your neighborhood elementary schools getting closed down, you know, that might be, might be a problem for you. So that that is happening. Uh, if that is attributed to people moving out of the area or working remotely somewhere or homeschooling their kids, I don't know that I could fully say. In my own circles, a lot of people are starting to homeschool. I don't know how broad that is across the state, though. Hey, so what else uh, is new for you? I mean, what's coming down the pike for you, Bryce? What are you working on? What's your big project? Yeah, so. Uh, well, so one of the things I've got going on is I got a big shipment of books in from you guys recently. So I'm going to be putting yeah. uh, the full selection of Blacksmith uh, publishing books on the site in the next week. I've got them in. I have not listed them all up there yet. So I, I um, got a lot more of the SET books, which uh, sold really well. People are really interested in those. And I think they like buying them from a source that isn't, you know, one of the big booksellers. So happy nice. to have to be able to do that. And um, and then the other ones, I was I was kind of going to see just what sells and, and then restock from there. So um, so that that's a big one. Starting to do a little bit of retail on the site and trying to get some products and, and some uh, you know some books out there that are you know maybe going unnoticed because it's from you know smaller publishers and that sort of thing, right? So trying to do my part in terms of getting the word out on uh, um, on what you guys are doing with Blacksmith Publishing and what a lot of your authors are doing. Um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's coming up in the next week. I've got some classes coming up. I'm doing a rifle two course tomorrow. Mm. Um, got another rifle course in a couple months and then, uh, I've got to get the schedule turned out for, for this summer. So, uh, that's not public yet, but I'm working on, on getting that together for all the classes that we'll have going on in June, July, and August. Fantastic. And how do people get up with you, Bryce? Uh, you got any social media handles or suggested a website or, or how, do, how do people get up with you to figure out what uh, what your class schedule is and all that? Yeah, class schedule is on the website. I do private training and consulting too. So if, uh, if, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me through the contact form on the website. Uh, I also have social media. I'm active on Twitter and Instagram. Um, don't do as much social media, but uh, but it is there, you know, if you want to follow what we're doing a little bit. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Um, I update the, the website as soon as I got classes scheduled. So the, there'll be some some new ones posted on the front page before too long. Fantastic. Uh, what an honor uh, that you're carrying our book. Let me just say that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, I never thought that, that uh, I guess it just kind of widened my aperture a little bit that, you know, more than just guys going through the pipeline can get something out of that book. And I think that, you're, you know, that they definitely can. And I think you saw that. That's awesome. And it, guys, uh, intrepidtactics.com, uh, you know, Bryce is a wealth of information. He's got a lot of experience to offer. Uh, and then in addition to the courses he has, you know, we have the, uh, the books. He's got the blogs at the podcast. So go on there and check it out, intrepidtactics.com. Bryce, it was an honor for having you on the podcast today. Thank, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, the honor's all mine. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, man. God bless you, brother. Thanks for your service. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.com news blacksmith publishing been serving the warrior class since 2013 they have great titles written for warriors by warriors if you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com 
And if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at PinelanderGeneralStore.com. That's all one word, PinelanderGeneralStore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at PinelanderGeneralStore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.